Creative Jungle podcast. I'm Diana. I'm Sam. And together we'll be speaking to Sani. Sani is an artist based in Peckham Levels. He was actually our neighbour when we were there, uh, when we had a studio there. And I'm so excited for this conversation. He's such an inspiring, insightful person to speak with and just ask so many kind of poignant questions. And, you know, we'll be exploring how he started. He's an artist that's known for murals oil painting digital art sculpture sculpture i mean yeah this this guy does a lot um, and the theme for the podcast is finding your creative calling and the power of art mm. so over the course of the podcast which does get off to a flurry and you'll kind of listen to sonny's energy about about what he does um, but we'll chat through how he found his calling, mm. how he's been running his own practice for nearly six years now, what it's like to be a full-time creative, and any tips that he has for aspiring entrepreneurs who want to set up as artists, and also um, how creativity can be used for good, yes. along with... The Black Lives Matter movement, of course. Um, he's a black artist, and you know we really kind of dive into what, how he's found the movement affecting his art and how he thinks art has a role to play in it as well and you know just he he opens up so many different questions and topics and themes i think my favorite quote from something he said before is art has art is art reflects the world as it is and has the power to reflect how it could be which i love so as we said it gets off to a flurry there's tons of energy um, but you learn a lot about his persistence, his vision, yeah. how he gets inspiration and how he can use his art for good. Be sure before you listen to check out at Insanity on Instagram just to kind of get a feel for what he actually makes. Yeah, that's and in X Sani X T Y. Yes. Uh, but yeah, hope you enjoy. Hope you enjoy it, guys. But basically, we just want to... Um, in the podcast, just like highlight how different yeah. people are creative and how they go about making what they make. So from like yeah. small business owners to artists like you, and we just remembered you because yeah. obviously you are a neighbor opposite. <laughs> and, yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. And we, yeah. yeah, I just I'm always fascinated by. And it sounds like it happened last night as well that you just get in a flow and just make and for just, hours and it could end yeah. up being six in the morning and then you go to sleep like i i'm interested to learn yeah, about basically. that um so you've lots of questions yeah. and stuff and that kind of stuff. It's, it's interesting because at that moment in when you're like blanking out the time is the concept of time is actually weird yeah so you don't really feel like time has gone that much or sometimes you might be doing something for so long and it's only been 30 minutes yeah yeah i can so it's imagine like, it's like very weird at times so you kind of like just kind of get with the but the weird thing is it does take more energy when you use your brain than physical walk mm. so at which point you feel exhausted and tired could be like Almost immediately, you feel exhausted, tired, hungry at the same time, and you want to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, really? you're like three, four hours in. Yeah. yeah. And you're just like, oh, you don't even have enough energy to go get food. You just pass out to give a couple minutes of sleep, and, then, sleep you wake and up. then you're back again. You wake up hungry. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I used to have this theory that um, I, I basically did everything for my art. So I slept so I could wake up with enough energy to create art. I ate so I could have enough energy to create art. Yeah. I talked to people so I can find inspiration to create art. Yeah. Uh, I sat down so that I, everything was so that 
Like, I could be on. Like, all the art, yeah. So, I, yeah I, I, I always cool. wonder, like, I, or rather, I always think maybe, you know how you say it takes so much energy? Is it because you feel like you're, you're, you're feeding so much energy into what you're creating? It's like you're putting a bit of yourself in there. Would you say that's why? Yeah, I would say yes. But, I mean, so I feel like there are two factors. One, the first factor is... Um, when you do things physically or when you use your brain, mental capacity always takes more energy than physical. Yeah. And then two, the particular style at which I create art um, kind of makes that longer because mm. I usually don't know what I'm creating when I start. So what happens is there's a lot of thinking in the whole process while yeah. I'm not thinking. So, so literally, subconsciously, yeah, like you have the canvas. Do you even know what colors you might use or you just literally... Do one action on mm, more times than others I just start and once wow. I start the colours kind of come. It's it's a lot of how do I put it? It's a lot of spontaneous sharp moves. Yeah. So it's for the most of the time I'm not paying attention to nothing. Yeah. And then for a split second I pick pick something. Wow. And then I use that. And then another split second. So I might be painting with red and I just feel do something else yeah mm. and then immediately i do something else and but it's almost like as it happens i do it and i just continue going and what happens sometimes you get to a place where you like what you see but you don't feel like it's it's over so you have to just keep on going and sometimes it changes the complete image and it's a weird kind of but provided i don't necessarily think of it it allows me to like dig deep into me and like put things in there yeah. that when it comes to the end of the painting and I'm asking myself why did I do this why do I do that it works therapeutically as well so I can find out things about myself why did yeah. I paint this why did this power me to do this why yeah. was I you know yeah. little things like that it's almost That's like true. yeah your subconscious and your intuition is leading the way but but yeah. like not your brain if that, if that was... yeah 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 so only on the end before I get back conscious and use my brain to try and like explain what happened here mm. so that's where i get the story of like mm. oh this painting is about blah 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 that's mm. all the after because it's all the after i was able to kind of step back and look and say why did i do that why that's and sometimes i find even stories that i wasn't prepared to like share with the world or i wasn't really like comfortable about yeah. but once it's on the canvas i have to address it now and once i've addressed it i'm relieved from that particular wow. and so do you, yeah. do you spend a lot of time looking at things and reading kind of to to get the inspiration or like how yeah how does that work so i mean you kind of described it where i half of my life is paying attention to so basically i call it like i'm partly a people's watcher yeah. and partly a slogan and look at everything so i live in my own world and in my own world is me just observing everybody and every little thing so the tiniest of things that you know people do in a lot of ways that's why i kind of so essentially i consider my art uh, more educational yeah. than entertainment and i try and use like the human psychology to kind of do things with art so for example i know we react to eyes in a certain kind of ways so essentially if you look at my paintings you will notice some of them the eyes are closed intentionally to draw you in yeah. some of the, the, them the eyes are open sharply looking at you to make you question yourself some of them essentially just understand how every normal human being would react to seeing a specific kind of eye mm. or understanding how colors work or angles in where you put people would make people think a certain way mm. then i have more control into like creating something having it in a certain way to to whether you like it or not your challenge to kind of project yourself onto that painting mm. yeah for example like you might project yourself without knowing it might be a case of like 
you see something that makes you question something inside you. And the truth is, why that's more powerful than normal is, I think with the psychology of the brain anyway, is if you're aware of something, you can lie to somebody else about it. But from when you're aware of it, there's no way of being unaware of it inside to yourself. Yeah. If that makes sense? Yeah. So it's like a power is like in itself. So I guess I try and use the, I kind of look at it this way, the human subconscious, um, the psychology, the way our optics work in terms of our eyes, um, the way we react and feel towards colors and why we react and feel towards colors, that's a specific way. So these mm-hmm. are things I kind of observe, research, spend all my time doing yeah. so that when I do create art, I don't necessarily think of that. It just naturally yeah, it falls into that. Out. Yeah. 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 Those, yeah, those are kind of the pillars that you use to create your yeah. art. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you find it harder in that case to do commissions, for example, where it's not as free form or it's not yeah. as kind of from you? Like, do you find that constraining when you're asked to do something specific or is it just a bit different? The way I, the way I started my art and whatever, it, it was a bit of a rebellion in the sense that, like, I actually have no business being an artist. I never studied <laughs> art. Uh, you know, you know, this yeah. was kind of like just me going with the flow and because of that i think it allowed me a level of stubbornness so quite early i realized that i'm like you know i'm not inspired by doing tell me that i don't even i try not to draw real people i try not to paint real places because i'm not inspired to just copy something that exists already it just doesn't really do anything for my creativity Mm. so in terms of commissions i'm excited to do commissions where it's like for example if somebody called me and told me about a person and said create an article based on the story Yes. That's exciting yeah, enough that because it allows exciting. creativity. So yes. rather than paint this if person, it's paint mm, this story. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't even do it. I don't even, I tell people, and that's the beauty, I guess, of the position I'm in because I notice with art is very funny. So a lot of people, because there's not that much opportunity to we end up trying to grab every opportunity. Yeah. yeah. But I figured I could be more stubborn and direct. So when people approach me to do like say a commission to paint somebody yeah. i would usually be like oh no that's not what i do but i can give you five other artists that i personally know yeah. that do that yeah. in that sense putting it over for them to get that opportunity yeah but also more importantly why do something i'm not inspired of yeah. and it wouldn't be that great compared to one of these people doing it which yeah. would not make the same but i guess sometimes people just think oh this artist i know i want to work from you yeah. without necessarily thinking if i do that kind of work or if i don't do that kind of i would never have thought that but that's such a good point but, and also it, it kind of makes you more it keeps your integrity you know because you're not yeah i believe so yeah yeah, yeah i, I think, believe so i think as you kind of touched on a lot of artists yeah they just end up doing work for other people that isn't what their real yeah. expression so it's good to be a bit stubborn and kind of because what will happen i guess over time is you will get the commissions that you want to do whereas yeah. if you did the ones you didn't yeah. you will get more of the ones you don't yeah. as if you just be stubborn exactly and, say, and yeah. sometimes it's easier said than done admittedly i know how much money on a year that i am giving up by not doing commissions because that's the first source of um, artist income yeah the first of most of them is like i'll oh, pay this thing and i give you money so by purely not doing that already removes me from the basic level of you know 500 pounds here 300 pounds here yeah. but what i've done instead is i'm happy to do commissions with companies yes. where there's a few because not only from the perspective of uninspired with commissions what you find because people haven't grown to the same level of respect or artists as they have for some other jobs they might give you something they want 
and then come back two, three weeks later to change one part. Yes. Mm. Or then come back another, oh, can you also change this other part? And they don't realize that every time I change, that's mm-hmm. material being wasted, that's all this, and it's frustrating for me personally. So yeah. what I've decided is I can do a commission if it's a company because there's maybe five, six, seven people that would decide, yeah, go ahead yeah. from the first point. And you probably won't be able to get those five, six, seven people all together in the Again. meeting in the next two, three weeks. <laughs> that's to end, so to true. then say, oh, change this. <laughs> exactly. Good so strategy. by doing that, it, it keeps me like once I've done this, I can go ahead and do the work and everything sorts itself out. But um, yeah, I'm very particular with, with with commissions. My main way of doing art is kind of I do what I like, what I feel, what I want, what I know. Yeah. And then bring everybody in. If you like it, you get it. If you don't like it, you don't get it. Yeah. But it's not necessarily. Oh, what do people like? Okay, I'll do that kind of. Or mm. what do? Okay, I'll do that. Like it's, mm. it's kind of just going with my flow, and hopefully people like it or mm. they don't like. You know, mm. I bring them into my world as opposed to try and fit in. Into them. I think that's just so powerful, Sunny, in so many ways. Like. Even in like what we do in, in in anybody's life, it's just like do your thing, yeah. like give the energy that you want to give, create what you want to create, and yeah. we. I think we, I, I know, especially me. You get so distracted by what other people like, or will this go down well? But actually, that just dilutes your powers you put in it exactly exactly it takes a little bit away once you start because even when you feel uninspired and 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 you start becoming art it's because of little things like that Mm. see i still have days where i wake up for example i have many forms of art like there's the oil painting the digital painting the sculptures yeah uh, the murals now every single one of them even the oil painting started off from like my first guy was i was drawing always always drawn and it was a case of like, oh, I'm going to do oil painting. So I started oil painting. Now, oil painting was primarily what I was doing. And the digital painting started off as, let me do sketches for oil paintings. Now, in the process of that, I realized I could do a lot with the digital. But that created that excitement of, oh, I'm going to do this. And yeah. I, I still, every day, every other day, get new excitement of, oh, I'm going to do this. Because once I did that, I then created video art based on the, oh, I wonder how video art is. I yeah, want to do it. Just explore your curiosity. Yeah, and it literally comes without no too much attachment. You still kind of are like a kid, where it's like you're already known for something, and this is what you do, and this is your soul. But you can wake up like, oh, that's cool. I'm yeah. gonna do this. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And essentially, just find a way to do it. Mm. It's like I didn't have to. I didn't need to watch any YouTube video or whatever. I just kind of just assume. Well, if I'm doing this kind of thing, if I want to do something similar, I can just play about and see how it turns out. Mm. And mm. that's how all these different sort of forms of art kind of came out of it. Mm. So yeah, it's definitely empowering to just kind of be in your bubble and just do your creativity mm. and, and let the rest of the world worry about what they like or what the name of it is, even yeah. in the first place, and mm. all those other things. Yeah. I- that's really really yeah god i'm gonna get that on my wall i think that's such a good life lesson in general Uh, yeah yeah, it works it works it's stubborn you give up a lot but it empowers you a lot yeah even when you're going through hard times like when things are not necessarily going how you plan like everybody else is getting commissions to do stuff and you really want to get it you can kind of look inside and be like Oh no, I decided. Yeah, it's yeah. my choice. It's not that they didn't pick me. I decided I wasn't going to. So it's always, you're always holding your cards. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That Sorry. makes tons of sense. Tons of sense. So how did you, how did you get started? Because you know you said you're self-taught and like literally how did you 
start and, and what did you start with? Cool. Yeah, it's nearly six years now, I think, since you set up your studio. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. That's a long time. It's great. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I would say officially, I probably started, not, yeah, technically six years altogether from when I picked up a canvas and paintbrush. Mm. Wow. But it, the arts probably started a lot earlier. So I've, I've always drawn, um, this is how I remember it. I remember going to Nigeria, so I moved to Nigeria when I was like seven. Mm. From my family, we moved back to Nigeria for the first time mm. when I was seven. And I remember my dad buying like, like, you know, the, the notepads where you paint it painting with a paintbrush so he did one of those and he bought for all, all me and my siblings and i just remember drawing so we yeah. just drew and i was good at drawing and i always drew and when i was like maybe so i've always it just kind of kept on going on when i was in like set primary school i think like maybe primary three i remember like doing little drawings but like because at the time i thought i was going to join the air force so i would like draw myself into some of the old military leaders mm-hmm. of nigeria into like the the money kind of like a note has done oh really (laughs) (laughs) i love that i used to do little things like that and then what else and this is where it gets very weird because (laughs) it's almost like i was always meant to be an artist because from then on now i remember in like maybe primary four primary five back there um because we never had art in my school no hence why i didn't even do art in primary school particularly we had a art club as opposed to an art, art lesson. lesson. So people yeah. that were part of an art club, um, they would all occasionally go on museum trips and whatnot. Mm. Had nice. no clue of any of that. But this was the first time I ever went to a museum. And I remember I was maybe give or take, I may have been like nine or ten. Um, and I remember just being like being in the school and the, the guy that's in charge of the art club running up to me and giving me a consent form, like, Oh yeah, you you can draw. Take this home. And I just remember thinking, how does he know I can do it? Like, the whole time, like, even now, it's weird when I say this Because I remember thinking, how does he know I can do it? He's not seen He's my not drawings. He's not seen your drawing, yeah. but he just came to Yeah, me. he just, he, wow. yeah, he came to me and said I can do it. Like, he knew I could draw it. It's yeah. weird, but. That is but weird. I took it home, my mom signed it. And, yeah. So this <laughs> is in a museum in Nigeria. That's the first time I saw. Huh? This Sorry. is in a museum in Nigeria. I, yeah, yeah. So that was the very first time I ever saw an abstract painting. This was in Nigeria. I can't even remember the name of it. But um, and then it settled in my head because that was the first time that I kind of sort of art with this power because you know the idea of explaining red means this, but it's not actually there. And I think that's kind of where I kind of my entry into like appreciation art insights because prior to that I just drew. And the funny thing is because a lot of people drew, yeah. I was just somebody that could draw. And yeah. then a lot of people that can, I could just draw. Like there were people that could draw like me. There were people that could draw less. There were people that could even draw better. But yeah. there were people that could draw. That's all it was. It's it's a country where I guess there's so much creativity and it's like things like that is so natural. Like not saying everybody, but there was a significant number enough to not make it a big deal. Like yeah. it's something I did. And then so I'll, I'll fast forward a few more arts. Like just trying to make the art journey how it happened. Yeah. yeah. Probably in secondary school now. So that's probably probably the more highlights. The rest of primary school kept on drawing. Secondary school, early secondary school, I had stopped. At this point, I was, I mean, I was, I was the best student I could be. Put it that nice. way. I was, yeah. the, I was the best I could be. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say that way. Yeah. And so a lot of times in class, I remember like, just like, you know, not really copying my notes, but like on the back of my book, if you 
pick my pick any of my secondary school notepads. Mm-hmm. There's either some sort of poetry, some sort of drawing, some sort of. So I was I was doing all of this. So if you open my my locker, there was magazines with little drawings here and there, and I was yeah. drawing shoes and drawing. There was just drawings everywhere. It was almost like a grip. Like I would spend more time like. My notepads, if you open them from behind and go to the front, you find there's more stuff almost all the way to the front than there was anything in front where I meant to actually come. Be doing your notes. I was doing. It makes me. I was. I was playing about. And at that point, out of interest, would you did you draw things and show people, or was it a very personal thing that you sketched in your book and you kind of um, kept I, it to I yourself? I would draw things and show. As a secondary school, I stopped drawing to show. It was like I drew and people saw. Yeah, okay. that makes sense. So yeah. from primary school, I, I still got excited and showed people what I was drawing. Yeah. But after primary school, and I, by the time I was like 11, 12, that like I could draw, everyone knew I could draw. It wasn't such a big deal. Um, even at home, my I, I guess I always had these two things that kind of leveled me out. At home, a lot of my siblings were always of the, look, we know someone that could do better or just as good. Yeah. And outside, there was the, the group of people that were blowing hot air on some all the best thing I've seen. So it kind of kept a balance of yeah, not yeah. listening to either part yeah. and kind of just, again, maybe that's where they're just doing what I want came from because it's, I, I just do. You know, yeah, I, you I had almost two different voices. Of, yeah. yeah, nobody could tell me it was bad. Nobody could actually tell me it was good. It was just, it I was did. just, you just did and your So thing. at that point, I would say a few of my friends would have me draw on their lockers as well. Because oh, wow. I was, still, um, I was doing on my lockers. Um, but I wasn't necessarily showing people. It was just something that everybody knew. Like, occasionally I want to, like, you know, because the teachers used to all, like, check our lockers to make sure our lockers are neat. Yeah. So sometimes I might be cheeky and, like, draw something or write something that I shouldn't really write on the <laughs> locker and, like, paint it in a certain way. That when she opens it, she's like, how dare you? And, like, it was, like just a little using, I guess, using graffiti in, like, or... I was a child, so I guess doing, doing what children do when you have a, a skill. So I was yeah, playing yeah. about with that. Nothing yeah. offensive, by the way. Just no. like doing my. Did you get into trouble like when you did that in school, or no? Did they kind of let um, that happen and nurture that? I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say I necessarily got in trouble for doing that. I would say I got in trouble for what I was meant to be doing. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I was meant that to be doing other stuff, like writing my notes, or maybe doing my assignments, or maybe yeah. 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 I was doing it. Like, so it was more that. Nobody was necessarily against it, but it's like you should be doing something else. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this was pretty much most of my early, like, 13, 14, 15. And yeah, at that point, I moved away. I started doing little designs of those. Um, and so, for me, now looking back, I guess I was always an artist because there was yeah. never a time there wasn't any kind of art present because through this time they were dancing i would consider myself a dancer you know I, mm. all this time of creating and drawing i never considered any of those things art Mm-mm. and no. i was like oh i'm drawing because i can draw there's yeah. drawing but i had such a high level of reverence for like artists yeah. so i wouldn't even like oh they're so there like all the way there like i can't imagine like what i'm doing is different from what they're doing mm-hmm. even if they did exactly what i'm doing it's different they, they're like different level i kind of had that idea mm-hmm. like it was so far for me like it's not something you could dare imagine to be yeah um, until maybe now university is probably where everything now changed because obviously college and all of that it was saying i draw i dance whatever and now in university i again it got to a time where I got ill, where I couldn't go to lectures. Mm. And so I and started was that, spending a was lot of time back in, back in England or was that still in Nigeria? Oh, no, back in England. So back I moved England. back when yeah. I was like 15. Yeah. So from like 
14, 15, everything mm. was back to the was UK. To the same UK. same kind of way. Like mm. everybody knew I bring not everybody like one of my friends, he was he did arts like in college and I, I've always done science by the way. Oh, like, really? so they, as far as yeah, as far as school is concerned, I've never actually done an art class. Yeah. Um, my primary school didn't have art school. My secondary school was a science school. Mm. Um, so there was no arts no, whatever. Around. And then when I came back I did triple science. Wow. Then I then I did because I did GCSE early, very, very early. So I did a whole year of triple um, triple science, science which was basically nothing. And then I did um, electronics engineering. Oh wow! And then, yeah, and I then did I did not know that. Like uni. Oh, <laughs> that quiet. I kept that so quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Mm. Yeah. On, on that. Well, it was while I was. Uh, yeah, go on. I was going to say with the um on that just on the primary school, I'd be interested to hear like whether you think now having gone through like your just that beginning journey, whether art yeah. should be more of a thing, especially in Nigeria, and I can say in Kenya as well, because I grew up in Kenya. Mm. Art is just, well, at least mm. when I was there, was not a subject, like it's not a thing. Yeah. Although, as you discovered yeah. very early it's, on, it's such an amazing outlet. Yeah. And it should be, should it be yeah, absolutely. I would say this, um, unfortunately, I think it's part of a bigger problem because um, it's not necessarily, I think with African countries in Africa, they're a little further behind Western world in terms of ideologies because we're all operating in the Western world's format. Mm. So what happened is there was a time that the Western world didn't have that much respect for art. Mm. And there was a time that they did have respect for art. And there is the kind of time that we're in now. And what happens is we're probably in the space where they didn't have respect for art in Africa. Yeah. Like, does that make any sense in the timing in of the where timeline. things are going? And the problem with that is it's easy because so many people are good at it mm. that people stop seeing the value. It's the reason why I don't necessarily, when people come in, like, oh, this is beautiful, 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 mm. I tend to step back and just let them talk because I don't necessarily think my work, I mean, it could be beautiful, mm. but my work necessarily doesn't go to be beautiful. Mm. The optics of it being beautiful or not beautiful becomes secondary. Mm. Like, of course it should look nice but um it should give you something more than look nice yes and i think the idea is for a lot of them art is meant to look good with a decoration almost like it's mm. you know compared to the power to reduce it to a decoration obviously explains why a parent could go i'd rather my child go and study this science mm. than go and learn how to decorate <laughs> You said that, that, it, you said that so is. eloquently. I completely, yeah. I completely see. Yeah. Yeah. Why, yeah, why, exactly. why decorate when you? It. Yeah, it's like why decorate when you can be an engineer? <laughs> yeah, but when when you look at it from a deeper perspective, once upon a time in the world, when they said intellectuals, they considered artists among intellectuals. Mm. Like Da Vinci was just as much as an artist as he was a scientist. Mm. And credited and respected in both fields. So if you're doing, if you're looking at human anatomy, um, anatomy, you would see stuff with Da Vinci's um, drawing of human, like they things that still credit him in the science field as much as they are in the art field. Mm. But at some point in the world, a division was made. Um, and I have my whole theory. Um, it's one of the things I'm kind of writing on right now. I don't know. I must have told you guys the last two years about the book I'm writing. Yeah. Yes. I'm still writing it. 
yeah, I'm still writing it because I had to do a much longer research than I planned. Um, but essentially, it's one of the things I'm trying to highlight how when they divide what, what is art and what's not art, and it takes away the power and it reduces, it's kind of like removes something that altogether can really improve. Even in primary schools and nursery schools, the two things I'm going to point out, they teach pretty much all of nursery school, almost everything is taught with art. Yeah. Like children. They teach you colors and shapes while painting it. Mm. They teach you names of things, like the white dog, the blue cat. Mm. These things help you remember things. All of this, all up until you finish nursery, and then they, they drop it. And I don't understand why something that works so well would just beginning. be abandoned. Yeah. yeah, that's such a good Instead point. Instead of incorporated. It's such a yeah, good point. You Let's remember make... things when you see them, but in a picture. So like, rather than because read 100 pages of a book. <laughs> Yeah, designing your own drawing of whatever the material is would help you remember. And that's actually something we like. We think a lot. Like as as a child, you don't think, "Oh, I'm an artist," or "No, I'm not an artist." You just draw. You just create. Yeah, exactly. You just do it naturally. (laughs) Exactly, which brings me to my. That's why I personally, because this is the main aim of the book to kind of break the idea of like mm. there is a specific kind of people that can be art or there is a kind of art like there is like everybody is of the same i guess the only difference between me and a regular other person drawing is i chose the profession yes as far as artists everybody is the profession itself takes a little bit more sacrifice a little bit more dedication this yeah. that, that, which makes it a profession but it's like um, I don't. I don't know. Everybody can wash their car, but there are people that specifically wash cars. Yeah. Everybody can shower themselves. Everybody. You know what I'm saying it's yeah. like it's more just specific to doing it. Yeah. And like being a dentist or cleaning your teeth, essentially. Yeah. Like one is just one basic level, which is everybody can do that, and everybody needs to brush their teeth every day. Yeah. Everybody needs some sort of art in their life. Yeah. But then you can be a dentist where you go a little further than just brushing your teeth and notice, and people come up to you and ask you questions to help their dental hygiene. So essentially, the artist is a dentist, and everybody is everybody brushing their teeth. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. So, that makes such beautiful sense. It's, yeah. Oh it's like my God. everybody has the same skills. This is the two brush yeah. segment on the podcast. <laughs> I really love that. Wait, um, go on. So I was just going to say, so that kind of, we kind of brought, got got to university where you studied kind of, enge- I think yeah. it was, sorry, engineering you mentioned. Mm. What kind of happened after oh, that? Oh, not just engineering. What was, so, okay, yeah. so yeah, at that point, um, quite, quite, it was, it was a case of I was a little ill. I started, I had a lot more time at home. So I started painting and posting on my Instagram. Mm. Um, and just regular paint post again, not thinking much of it. It's like an old habit that I picked back up when I'm just doing. Now, at this point, I started noticing a bit of like, you know, comments here, like, oh, this is really good. Oh, this is this. And it's, it, built, it kept on building up. It kept on building up. Still didn't really pay attention to it until it got a bit overwhelming. So it got to a place where it was now not just on Instagram. It's like people that would have seen something on Instagram, when they see me in person, the first thing they want to talk to me about is something I posted on Instagram. Mm. You know, my friends arguing with me and actually saying, you need to post more. You should like just see how it goes. Um, my At the time, I wanted to join the Air Force. Um, so my aim was after uni, I was going to join the Air Force, but I was part of this thing called um, Cadets, mm-hmm. um, like the air training call and whatnot. So my yeah. commanding officer at the time, in cadets used to he used to always forget 
so I skipped p- parts of my story, by the way, but I'll just bring it back because it kind of puts everything in perspective. So I remember telling you from secondary school, I moved to UK and I skipped mm. to uni. Mm. But before uni, even in college, most of my regular friends that I was with every day, 24-7, kept on forgetting that I did electronic engineering. Really? I kept on thinking I did arts. <laughs> <laughs> so many times I'll correct. These are people that were with me every day. Every yeah. time I'll correct, I'll forget and always think I did arts. Yeah. So it was like an ongoing thing. So much so that even when I was properly going to go for it, when I told some of them that oh, I'm going to do the arts, some of them were confused. Yeah, that's like, why you? Yeah, you've yeah. always done that. Kind of, yeah, yeah, like, and but at this point my commanding officer was going through the same thing so he he kept on forgetting that i didn't do um art in uni but every now and then he would like he would see something and oh i really like this like oh this 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 and he he, one time he asked like oh when you're done with this project can you give me can you give me the painting kind of like is there a way i can buy it is there so i was like i'm it's not a project if you want it i can give you yeah. and then he was like no what do you mean this and but we, he talked about it loosely and forgot kind of and then one day he called me slightly frustrated basically asking me like he, he moved into a, he wanted to move or something um he went to a few galleries he wanted to buy some art and there's a painting that he saw on my page that's haunting him like that you know he kept on thinking of yeah which he feels was better than all the ones he saw so i guess the frustration of these guys are charging stupid amounts for nothing and him wanting a particular painting made him call me in and like really go like what's what's the deal how are you are you is this what's the like basically mm-hmm. asked more information yeah. which in the conversation basically told him i could get it i could get the painting to him mm-hmm. and once again, it's not a school project. It's yeah. not for um, uni. I, like, I was just doing it. At which point he then stopped to ask me if I really cared and really wanted to do what I was doing at uni. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, at this point he's like, oh, are you sure? Are you, are you sure you want to do this? Maybe you should do art, maybe. Yeah. So he started kind of like putting that like, are you sure this is like, because this is really good and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And it seems more your thing. Because the whole time I was in cadet again, I would do little art projects, like little drawings and little things for mm. our cadets. Again, mm. everywhere I went, I always had a drawing or something, like mm. just there, and yeah. not really paid attention to it. At this point, um, everyone around me, so I would come out in on Saturdays, Sundays to, like, I, no, actually, this was at uni, so I hadn't even started doing the bigger work. This mm. was still like little drawings on paper, so everybody was like messaging me, convert with little basic drawings on paper. Yeah. At which point I thought, you know what, maybe I should take this seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, the weirdest people too, people that don't know me, somebody like, oh, you look like an artist, like those kind yeah. of random conversations. Like, it's like everything yeah, you know, about at, at you it, was just, was, yeah. be, was pulling you towards being I, an artist. Yeah, I guess it was, yeah. Yeah. Like a so I guess I just kind of listened to the word, I guess. I yeah. listened, listened to the word and then start it focused. I think I bought a canvas and bought some water. Was it watercolor? Yeah, I bought watercolor and bought gocha and bought oil um, one oil paint. Again, I had no idea how anything was meant to work. So I had no diluters, no white spirits for my oil paint. I yeah. kind of put it on the canvas and realized it didn't sit in well. <laughs> and then did what? Like basically, I just kind of, and is why even to this day, I painted out holes in my canvas. I kind of just saw everything in a way, how I got here still sticks with. Is why I, I can't, like, I don't, if you look at this, yeah. that's literally the canvas itself. It's not meant to, sorry, it's not meant, it's meant to be like a for the coat before. Yeah, I do it, yeah. but I tend to do it from the other way out so, um, because of those reasons. Do you think. But yeah, that's yeah. where it all started from then on. 
Do you, do you think that... From then on, I paid more attention, and um, after that, it was basic steps. Yeah. Basic steps. So yeah. And what, would it have made a difference if you did go to art school or study it more? Like, do you think you would be doing what you're doing now as good as you're doing it if you'd gone down that route? Or is not doing it giving you more freedom and more kind of opportunities to explore your own creative side, I guess? If you asked me this question years ago, I would, I would probably be like, um, no, like I would have been have a definitive answer. But the thing is, it's interesting because this used to be a very huge insecurity of mine. Mm. I used to be like, oh, I don't. And, and so much so because there was no access to anyone doing art any around me. Mm. I would attach myself to even friends that did art. Yeah. Like, you know, they just went to uni and did art. But I would attach myself almost like this was an institution that was backing me to kind of my only source of any artistic knowledge. Yes. Um, I, was, I, I didn't have no, I mean, when I say I had no clue, I mean, in 2016 was when I associated Picasso, the artist, to Cubism, the painter. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't, like, I knew the name Picasso, couldn't tell you how it looked. Cubism, for me, was art. Never knew it was someone's particular style. And this is what, 2016, that's four years ago. Yeah. yeah. So a year even after creating art and selling art, yeah. I didn't know this. Yeah. Um, in terms of the way I appreciated art, it never was, oh, this person was this person and created this for, it was simply purely on, I go there, if it, if it spikes something in me, yeah. I question myself, why did this make me feel this way? If I thought something about that, why do I feel this about this? Mm. So it's almost like an internal question asking. That's how I preach. So I never got into the knowledge of art until yeah. 2016 mm. when I did a lot of self-study and all of that. Now, would it have made a difference in terms of the knowledge and confidence? Maybe yes, if I went to school, I would have had the knowledge and confidence yeah, and all yeah. of that which would have maybe made me start off earlier maybe mm. put me in a better position right now with what i have yeah but the other side is because art has another lane for self-taught artists that already exist yeah. who arguably are probably more successful than the ones that have gone to school over mm. time mm. um there was never that pressure to go ahead and go back to uni and try and do yeah. another course yeah. in art one two art can't particularly be taught yeah. And because of yeah. the way I kind of came into it, I, I kind of formed, my style came in quite early. Mm. So if you never knew me, and I always made that a point, like if you never knew me or never knew anything I did, if you saw three or four or five of my paintings, you can say, oh, the artist that did this painting is the one that did this painting. Yeah, the style. yeah your style, style was coming, yeah. And, and that's more important to me than even knowing my name or knowing this is my style. <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? It does Because even sense. if it's just purely on oh, this artist that does this. I like this artist that does this. Mm. Like, you don't know who the artist is. That way you can still govern real life. Mm. And I wanted to be more subtle. So I wouldn't even, like, be in your face, like, oh, this is me, this is my... Mm. So all of that, I personally believe, those kind of ways of creating came from not being in art school. Mm. So the digital painting of doing this, 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 that's not art school. Mm. Also having multiple avenues to create. If I was in art school, it may have not been like that. Mm. I mean, they may have stopped me in my old paintings and be like, oh, you're good at this. Get better at yeah, this. Be specific they may have stopped at me this. In, yeah, yeah, they yeah. may have stopped me in a sculpting and be like, oh, find ways to manipulate this. But yeah. also, it would have probably channeled my mind like to fit in a certain... So overall, I would say, no, nah, I don't regret not going. I wouldn't have gone. Um, I don't think I was meant to go yeah. because that's my personal yeah. 
That was your journey. Because when you even look at things like creating what I want, you come take it and go. I have no, like, there are no rules to it. When I'm painting a person, I can start painting from a finger. I can start painting from the ear. I don't necessarily do the cross. I I only saw that when I was older because, remember, I didn't even do art in school. So I didn't even know that there were people learning to draw like this till I was about 15. Mm. So, yeah. it kind of So I had no clue the official way. It kind of sounds like the only thing that might have been different is almost the confidence piece yeah. from being at art school it's kind of but yeah. i think you get that over time anyway sorry and more support yeah so when you graduate you're usually put on a platform and yeah. put in these different so there might places be some opportunities. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah okay. that's a really good point what and just in terms of how like you know how it seems like you being able to do the different things is such a big part of what fuels you so you started from oil painting then went to digital where did the murals and sculptures come in um so oil painting was the thing i was doing and then digital was like an attempt to do sketches for the oil painting didn't really go um the sculptures came in um one day actually you know what's interesting yeah we were already neighbors when i started sculpting so as of when you first moved in you noticed i had no sculptures no yeah i remember yeah. seeing one sitting on a yeah. wooden stool one day when i came in <laughs> yeah, yeah. so as of then it was already a thing so as of 2018 i believe it was 2018 before june because i think it was april maybe yeah 2018 april this is like three years of like painting and doing the digital arts now and doing another thing called recycling art so the recycling art is essentially like oil painting or just painting really yeah. but with with spray paints and i specifically were looking for like i guess rubbish or wood or metal or things not necessarily considered um useful anymore yeah and taking it and painting on it to kind of create some sort of art to recycle it give it a new life form yeah. and the aim was to kind of um as um new collaboration with the charity yeah for example let them use their their what's the name their mailing list come um all of them can bid or whatever do an auction yeah the money goes completely to charity oh. the paintings go to the people who end up you know getting it yeah, because they were going to donate anyway yeah. now they just get something back and i thought i could do something it's easy to repeat so i started doing that and while I was doing that, I kind of want, I got in love with more of like the outside physical, like kind of away from, because canvases at the time I was doing was still the flat ones. I hadn't even started really using the deep edge canvases. Yeah. And so, yeah, I wanted to sculpt. Uh, I figured I was good at it in my head because everything I wanted to do, I thought, mm, I'm probably good at this. I could do this. Even, <laughs> the difference between my drawing and my painting was basically drawing with paint. Yeah, yeah.
So essentially, yeah, now I have a, a tub of clay that I've had for maybe <laughs> three, three years, years and now. you've never opened uh, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> never opened it because what I was meant to do was sculpt and yeah. Now the, you're the, doing the, it. The beauty as well with the sculptures is because they talk for themselves. Like using newspaper allows words, the words written on the newspaper to kind of create themselves. Yeah. So sometimes you might sculpt and by the time you read what shows, it's very interesting. Yeah. Other times it's it's the idea that you can get something that's flat like this on paper and before you know you've got a whole human structure yeah. Yeah. paper and tape and also how much emotions it brings out of people you can find people find it's extremely funny some people are even sad with how broken they look yeah and you kind of have to remind people that you feel bad for paper yeah <laughs> I see the sculptures is when I remember I think there was a there was a workshop going on in Peck Levels and I could see and yeah. I just saw I think you were doing heads or something and I just saw oh, yeah. a line of heads and that you're right it really brought out a strong emotion in me because it was like whoa yeah. what are they then yeah. it's like and yeah it was it was a very I didn't think it was funny. It was just quite striking because I've never seen anything yeah. like it. Um, yeah. It's very yeah. impactful. It's funny because when I, when because that year, so even interestingly enough, just to add this because I need to give credit to the kids even though I don't really, I don't know their names. But yeah. um, that particular year, I think maybe that was probably, you know when, when that happened, that was probably like maybe two weeks or yeah. three weeks into doing that. Oh, wow. Into, like into the very first one. And, because I think that was like maybe May, no? That was closer to May. So like... I, May? Yeah, May, yeah, August. it was. It was yeah, actually, yeah. 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 So exactly a month after, that's when I was in Tate. And I did um, some with some children, like in there with um, with Nicholas. And we're doing like the pen, pen people's thing with Tate. Yeah. And what I realized is the children that came in there where some of them were struggling or like didn't have enough energy to kind of create a whole head. Yeah. So they were asking me, can I create this? Can I create that? And I must have told them, go ahead. So some of them created like little swords. Some of them created like flowers, other oh. stuff. And while they were doing that, it kind of empowered me to then remember like, oh, hold up, why am I just doing heads? If yeah. they can do this, I yeah. can do anything. Yeah. And that day, that's when I came back home. And then I created a whole leg and halfway human structure, which was the half and half one that was in the exhibition at Peckham yeah. level. Yeah. And then after that one was when we had the full-blown human structure. So credit to those kids who inspired me after I inspired them. Uh... <laughs> but the point is, it's weird how that works because yeah. all of a sudden, what was just heads and that I even, even though I, it came to me and I was doing, I still limited myself without really giving it thought until I saw until you see other people. Yeah. That's exactly. the beauty with creating, isn't it? It's with like, other people yeah, as well. with other people, you make something, they make something, it's fancy to make more. Exactly. It's almost, it's, it's like self growing. <laughs> yeah. Like everybody starts yeah, with yeah, the same it thing. Itself, it feeds itself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Rewind to the start, before I got into Peckham level, why I was even even in that conversation yeah. was as of when I started, you know, when I accepted the role as an artist and uh, yeah. this is what I'm going to do, I started doing a lot of little things. And one of those little things was every Sunday I would get like one of those recycling, quote unquote, rubbish, go to the back of the building and just spray paint. And what happens, a lot of the children used to get excited seeing that and they would yeah. just come sit down around every now and then, can I have a go? And I would like let them spray here and there. That's so so as of when Peckham level started, <laughs> so as of when Peckham level started, um, they were the first to get excited, per se. They yeah. were the ones that were telling their parents, like, look, 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 he's, you know, oh, that's the artist, that's the artist. So 
I started doing workshops with them, nice. different workshops with children and yeah. community stuff. So it would just be basically be like, you guys want to paint the garden? Right, cool. I'll get some stuff. I'll get some paint. You come out, monitor it, make sure it's fine. We've got a garden. What's the next project you want to do? You want to do this? Yeah. Um, and we, we just kind of work with the TRAs and. People must you know, ask you love that. that. Like, I need to come to this Insanity Day. It just sounds so <laughs> much fun. No, absolutely. The next one I do, I would try and make it because I've kept it just within the area. Yeah. Um, what would be great is if we can have like a full day where we can get to the park and yeah. even do some yeah. like come to a studio as well. That would be amazing. Yeah. That but, would be so know. good. What I might do now well, is do a little summary. Because I'm aware we've just yeah, yeah. gone off like a rocket, <laughs> and this is, is really good. Like yeah. we've kind of gone through the whole journey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to kind of summarise, because we didn't quite do it at the start, like for the people that are okay. listening. So kind of Sani, as he pitches himself, is a contemporary visual artist and basically an all-round creative. Um, and he, he does lots of painting, digital illustration, and, and sculpting, particularly with, with paper and newspaper. Um, and I guess yes, you're, that's me. We met him in Peckham Levels, Levels when we had a studio there. Um, and what we've kind of done up to now is just kind of chart the journey. So we're kind of at the stage now where you obviously did lots of making and drawing mm. and painting when you were younger. And then you kind of took the plunge about six odd years ago to kind of go a bit more full time and make and make a livelihood out of it, basically. Um, so we ha we kind of have loads of questions as well, and we've gone through a bunch of them yes, through the yes. conversation Find so far. Let's go. Yeah, so now we might just do yeah. some quick fire questions yeah. and see what happens. Let's go. <laughs> God, we, 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 it's amazing talking to you. Like, you've kind of just taken us through this amazing whirlwind. <laughs> yeah, um, I do talk quite a lot, if you remember. I talk a lot. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. And you just sparked so many different kind of idea ideas and questions in my head. That's I just, good. That's good. I'm happy. Yeah, yeah no, that's great. The, the kind of two things, actually, that would be good to hear yes. your perspective. Like, now, how have you found this crazy time that we're in? How, like with black lives matter with everything that's going yeah. with the lockdown you know how, like yeah. how, how have you found it what are your thoughts on that and how it's like impacting your art if it is and yeah yeah it's a big question so, um <laughs> I'll, I'll start with the lesser, the lesser, the easier one to kind of handle, and then yeah. like the other one, which would be the first one would be quarantine and lockdown. Yeah. yeah. So the quarantine and lockdown, quite obviously, the studio is locked, and other reasons make make it hard to go. I mean, really create mm. art in the same way I would normally create art, especially mm. because a lot of my creation deals with me being happy, me being in the right mood. Because yeah. I'm not consciously doing. I need to be in the right state of mind to be able to just flow and go ahead and do that. Mm. And an artist's nature is to adopt to the time yeah. and, and kind of like reflect what exactly is going on. Mm. So it, 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 I'm not meant to be in the most, I'm not meant to be in the best state of mind when the world is not in the best state of mm. mind. I'm not meant to have happy brains when it's not, you know, everything kind of has to coincide hand in hand, not necessarily intentionally, more so everything is just interlocked and that's why it happens that mm. way. So how I've personally treated the quarantine or whatever, there's been less painting going on, mm. there's been a certain level of um, paperwork and business happening, mm. there's been a lot of reflecting in mm. terms of planning on where to go forward mm. and ultimately there's been 
cool little ways to, I mean, because everything always pushes a new style of art. For yeah. example, I've, I've started doing online, or should I say, story exhibitions. Mm. I've done three of them. So one was a video art story exhibition where it was different video arts, my story, and I posted it. It was like Monday or Tuesday. I also did one where it was like digital art. Um, I did one where it was just sculptures. Um, I did one where the theme was black and gold. Um, mm. and I could I could go on for forever. I mean, that's yeah. the beauty of being a curator yourself. Yeah, you can just like pick this group of paintings yeah, and I'm make sure. them into a whole thing. Yeah, create a story and all of that. Amazing. Um, so yeah, that that part's happened. Yeah. Um, um, everybody being at home because I'm aware that normally, as you guys know, I'm always in the street. Yeah, you're <laughs> always go anywhere at <laughs> so all times of day. Like... <laughs> exactly. And night. So it's not. It's, at night, at night, too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like I'm particularly like, oh, I wish everything was open so I can go out. Uh, I wouldn't be going out if everything was open. Mm. But there is a sense of like, everybody like being out and creating a certain level of vibration mm. that allows me to be in creating. Mm. It's like everybody's out, so I'm here observing everybody creating. Mm. When everybody's in with me, it's like now I feel like my space is intuitive. Like I can't, you know, it's not. Yeah. I'm not observing people outside anymore. Yeah. We're all together now indoors. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you're so, not yeah, getting that's... the same energy and, yeah, kind of inspiration. Yeah, yeah I see that. But pretty much that's all I would say for the corona pandemic. I mean, mm. there is the other thing that every human being gets to experience where you question what parts are, are, mm. are exactly how you're being told. They are parts where you don't in sense of, like, there are parts where you dismiss conspiracy theories because they didn't make sense and yes. they're rubbish. There are parts where you're like, hmm, that makes sense. Let me go research a little bit. Mm. So like everything in the world, that part is, is just there. And my nature anyway is, is information. So I, I love knowledge. I love information. So usually it's not the worst thing. I can always go research even though I end up realizing I wasted my time. Yeah. <laughs> No. I, know, YouTube, I know exactly what you mean <laughs> six hours exactly. later you're like oh okay actually no that doesn't make sense <laughs> now to the second issue or maybe probably the bigger one that's kind of right now holding the world in standby yeah it would be the the killing of george floyd and black lives matter movement mm. and how it's affecting everyone mm. so, so the other issue is from a bigger perspective yeah i'm gonna break it down into two um from from an artist's tiny perspective and as a black person before I was ever an artist living yeah. in the world, understanding this is a reality yeah. and basically having to deal with this way before um, this particular year and how it's happened. Yeah. So with, without overflogging, every black person remembers the first time they realized that they are different from another person yeah. based on the reality of the world. You're probably around very, very young, maybe like six, seven, yeah. five, depends on where you live. Mm. You realize there's difference. Not necessarily negative or no. whatever, but you realize there is a difference. Either your parents or somebody will tell you there is a difference. Yeah. Um, I personally, I'm not, I'm not white, so I wouldn't know, but I believe in, in contrast to the average white person it, takes them maybe till about their church or even a lot higher in their teenagers so maybe like 11 mm. to kind of really like early secondary school Sec as a secondary school is when i guess if you're not necessarily black you realize there's a different treatment mm. based on the world not necessarily anybody's um upbringing for little things like you know when you go into shop mm. you know the one that will follow you around mm. or when you have to um, when, when you and seven of your friends are together as of year seven there's a chance that police will pull up and break you guys apart or mm. wonder what you guys are doing because mm. that's when my younger brother kind of realized that he was for example 
Yeah. Um, so having said that, um, there is a part of like me that kind of like, essentially is looking at it as it takes other people a different timing to realize some of the struggles that people go to. Yeah. Well, in this particular situation, it existed for so long that mm. I almost don't believe that anybody that acts as though they just found out yes. has a legitimate point. Anybody can act as to what extent they found out more because they did more research than mm. they just surface level. Mm. Well, finding acting like you know more, and mm. so you just found out this, it's not believable. Yeah. So now I have to look at it from the condition of the world. Yeah. Um, artistically, I made it. I made it a goal of mine to not necessarily depict us in the sense of struggle, except is from a point of like anger. And when I say us, I'm referring to black people. Yeah. Um, I've got very few paintings that directly talk about Black Lives Matter and mm. more so, I have more paintings that talk about racism or, or the bigger picture yes. or um, how humans live. And I'll talk about the only painting I have particularly about Black Lives Matter that is quite direct. Um, it's like a, a painting of a guy with dreadlocks and holding a sign called Black Lives Matter with a little um, kind of child wearing the KKK mm. clothing. Mm. And that particular paint, painting was taken from a picture mm. from 19... I can't remember the exact year, but I believe it's 90-something, basically. Mm. Um, and it's, a, it's actually a real picture that like I painted from, like a policeman um, holding his... his um, basically, he put a black policeman, basically, and a KKK baby touching his, his post. And what slipped it around, oh because this particular thing was a conversation that I had with somebody in 2006 about police, 2016 mm. about police brutality. Mm. And the conversation goes like this, to make it quite simple. Mm. Oh, America needs to know, obviously me criticizing America, yeah. um, about killing, yeah. and somebody popping in telling me, oh, you're British. Our police don't carry guns. This is this. What do you know about what you're saying? Mm. And for the purpose of understanding, I didn't know, oh, yeah, well, British did this, British did that, British did this. That person has a point. So mm. what I did is art ultimately doesn't have a race and speaks to everything. Mm. So what I did was try and create a story from the police officer's perspective mm. of someone who I know because there is a group of people, and that's why I called, that's why I'm not so excited over some people's movement. There is a particular group of people that the only reason why they didn't say anything before or the main reason why they didn't say anything before in terms of like what they were seeing in the news and whatever mm. was for the simple reality that inherently they believe that surely not because they've seen anything but surely this guy could have done something mm. surely these police officers are not that bad mm. and when i get to a point of that level of debate with somebody I couldn't really do anything. I couldn't go any further. No. Mm. Because you're not dealing with facts. You're not dealing with what you see. You're dealing with your inherent belief, belief. of what you want mm. to happen. Mm. So now you're telling me, no, surely, but do we, do we see the whole video? But do we know, mm. you know, all mm. these other extra excuses? Mm. So essentially, I know I'm talking long, but I'll try and... Mm. It's, it's a very deep topic. It's a deep topic, yeah. Yeah. So I would say what happened was... I ended up trying to create a story mm. of a police officer who believed in the system, who was a police officer that is black. And in the modern day time now, after retiring from officer, now being a lot older, had his child killed by police on mm. And the 
Next is the white child wearing KKK uniform represents a certain level of ignorance that had existed in that world from before, i.e. using the child's mm. ignorance, the child doesn't know, mm. and then KKK representing the hate goes hand in hand with the ignorance mm. to kind of form that same hate level, affecting even the people that play the thing, like, you know, that play police role and thought they were then making the difference or mm. believe that that surely mm. thing. So I use that to kind of describe that particular painting was the last one I did because it kind of was, it was like my my way of directly addressing the issue mm. and moving on, not moving on to other stuff, but not having to talk about yes. that in that specific way yeah. after that because it's almost like this is what it is. Yeah. And if after this you have a surely, there is nothing there else is to nothing say. There is nothing else to You're say. You're going to take your time. Yes. Cool. Yeah. But that, that particular time, that was 2016, that came with certain movements and certain beliefs that I had changed. So I didn't just realize this, get angry, because way before 2016, they were killing. If you were ever a child and you listen to hip-hop, you would yes. have heard of people like Sean Bell. Yeah. I was in Nigeria, not in London. I was in Nigeria, mm. and I was listening to hip-hop like I do. And I heard Sean Bell, and I went on Google. At the time, there was no Google. I believe it was Encyclopedia. Yeah. Um, or something like that. Yeah. And I went to go search. I'm sure my age, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> I, went to go, I went to go search it, and basically, I remember finding finding out he was a guy that killed that police and other Americans, like, you know, um, mm. the one that virus in their day. And you, mm. you, you, everybody was excited for NWA not long ago. Oh, mm. yeah. <laughs> Straight out of content, the movie. Mm. Everybody forgets that even in the movie, this was a centerpiece of that particular um, conversation. Yeah. So from my perspective, yeah. I've kind of always like looked at it like the, the problem has always been there. Everybody knows the problem. Mm. And not everybody's particularly willing to change. And some people, it's more convenient for them to claim they don't know. Yeah. So as a black person, I got I got to a place where I personally is the reason why I ne- I didn't necessarily go and protest not mm. because I don't believe um, a protest isn't good mm. but I told myself I'm never going to stand in a place where I'm begging somebody to understand my reality mm. I'm not going to get into a place where I'm I'm trying to convince somebody who's intentionally ignorant that's the difference because yes. before I didn't know it was intentional ignorance yeah. now I know it's intentional ignorance based on how much it did. Mm. it's like i can show you five different things and you go surely surely that's yeah. not you don't know that's mm. intentional ignorance yeah yeah and without necessarily putting any diss at anybody mm. understanding that if you grew up in this world mm. period black white or however or otherwise mm. it took me till 21 to actually get a real 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 knowledge of black culture yes not because I wasn't educated or I didn't read. In fact, if you're educated and you read and you know everything exactly, mm. if as a black person it took me 21, it could take a white person even longer mm. to even know little stuff like history of the Benin Kingdom mm. or the name Africa where it comes from mm. or even religious context, even mm. the great people or even Kimbadusa has everybody knows it has this whatever was a Moroccan Moroccan queen that was penalized to kind of had dreadlocks was changed to snakes in the story. Like when you, these things are kind of sprinkled around yeah. in, in, in the context that all you need to do is hold up and try and chase some of these stories down the line. Yeah. You know, then you start realizing, oh, that don't add up, that don't add up, that don't add up. Yeah. And so as, as, because I know it actually takes effort, I don't, I think it's normal to grow, if you grew up in this world, mm. There's no way you grew up in this world, black, white, or otherwise, that you don't grow with a bias towards black people. Mm. 
period as a black person you grow with a bias towards black people based on the world Mm. it's an active thing to undo that and if you don't undo it there's no possible way that you can see it the same way I see it and that's for everybody so when someone is actively arguing that surely Mm. based on what they know Mm. then we don't go any further you can't go any further it's almost like as they say they you know people need to do the work themselves and follow that story all the way through and understand where everything is rooted from which takes exactly yeah exactly so Mm. anyway i'll fast forward a bit my personal journey from then on was now i was going to do things in my everyday life yeah to actively fight things Mm. and actively put us in a better light and actively speak about certain things. So, Mm. for example, a lot of my art, the the intentional reason why I specifically use black people Mm. as a subject matter Mm. of of art pieces is because, one, every piece that I've come across in art, you can relate. Art doesn't have a race sometimes. No. So it's a human story. So Mm. because it's a human story Mm. and I could relate to any Da Vinci or or, or even Picasso painting that's not even a picture of human beings, It should be all right to show mm. a certain depiction mm. of a certain kind of people mm-hmm. for anybody else in any other race to be able to relate mm. to that particular story. Mm. Because I, I'm usually I'm talking to human stories, mm. just the representation is from a black person, so as such, it will be a black imagery. Mm. Do, you know, do you know what I'm trying to say? I know exactly. Stuff like that. I think that's um, such a. I've never, yeah. I've never thought of it like that. Um, but I, I like, I'm really understanding it. It's like, yeah, I, I can look at a painting of a man doing something and relate, you know, even though I, like a white man doing something and I can relate yeah. even though I'm a black person. You don't think of the race. You don't think even necessarily of the gender. You see the human, yeah, it's like on a human exactly. level, a humanity yeah. level. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, and so I try and do a lot of that. And the other thing I do where it's like, the, the the traditional cultural things. The specific reason why I paint them in those attire mm. is to give an opportunity where somebody just came to see art. But now I give you information mm. about this particular culture. Mm. And maybe because of my nature is trouble troublemaking a bit. <laughs> I wouldn't just give you the story of oh, these are these are Benin Kingdom people or people of the Benin Kingdom. I'll tell you this is the Benin Kingdom that we the British meant to grow up. Mm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So when, when I'm telling you the story, there's information about how we got here. Mm. And in your little bias, you might not pay attention to this, but if I do a lot of these, after a while, there is a different level of appreciation if mm. you've been taught something and now you're seeing something else. Yeah. And that's in the practicality of my everyday life. Yeah. Now, how I react to other people in this particular topic, how I feel is a bit like it was about time. Mm. You know, if not now, it was going to be another time. Mm. People were going to get angry. Mm. Um a lot of people have issues with the looting and the statue things. Again, I don't. Again, I don't believe in. Not I don't believe. I wouldn't particularly go and knock at anybody's door and say, like take me seriously. Mm. So I don't even agree with peaceful. Like, peaceful protest is not even anywhere in my mm. space. Let alone normal protests. If that makes sense, like you know the normal because that's what people have started doing. The opposite of peaceful protest is not violent protest. Yeah. It's protest. Like you know what I'm saying. Unrest. Yeah. Anger. Trying to say, even when people are screaming violent or damage of property is not considered violence of the law. No. If that makes sense, yeah. if you if you loot, if you go and rob something from a house and nobody's there, you're considered to be stealing, not robbing. not violent. Yeah, armed robbery is a bigger charge than stealing. 
you can't be violent to a wall. You can't be violent to a window. Yeah. So even in the narrative, you're starting to see how people are, are putting it in certain ways. Mm. Then the next thing you hear is people are questioning how peaceful the protest is, almost as though that gives it validation. Mm. But the reality is a protest just says one thing. Mm. We disagree with what the system is. Yeah. There's no law or contract that anybody went to go sign and said that in this protest, we're going to be yeah. That's the problem. That's true. In a protest, the last thing anyone in a protest is thinking is, oh, let me not inconvenience you. Because if they don't inconvenience you, it's very easy to ignore. That's not even a protest at that yeah. point. Yeah. If I was going to stand in front of your house because I disagree with something, don't say anything holding a sign up. You can ignore the whole thing without yeah. even paying any attention. To yeah, that's so true. So essentially, yeah, so essentially, even when I'm talking to or when I'm seeing what's going on in the world, a part of me, it doesn't affect me the same way it affects everybody. I'll, yeah. I'll be honest, because I've got into this space before. Mm. I've passed the space, I've come up with my own thing. Mm. Now, it doesn't change the fact that I can look in and criticize and still say well done to different parts of things mm. because there is a significant um, um, input from everybody. I mean, there's, for one, there's definitely more white people jumping in mm. and standing up, which if you, I posted something the other day, which could be, which is also very good mm. uh, and which is also could be detrimental, depends on how it works. It's very good because to a certain level, black people have gone through a certain way in, in life that even when we make demands, our demands come with the reality of how we've been treated. Mm. I'll give an example. Mm. If, you're, if you're never used to being given um, no sort of drink whatsoever, like you're always thirsty, if I come in here and ask you, what do you want? You're probably going to tell me water. Mm. If that makes sense, that mm. would probably be what you will ask mm. for. Now, if you're somebody that's had access to all kinds of drinks, whatever, whatever, if I said, give me a drink that you want, whatever, name a drink, you're probably going to give me some next 19, um, 1760 something wine, yeah. Yeah. whatever, whatever. You, yeah. you, you, you can, you can, you know what I'm saying? You may ask for champagne, you yeah. might, you, all of that is luxury. You mm. can, you, your head will go to that. Yeah. So, in the demand for a certain level of justice, you kind of need people that have the audacity to demand yeah and that audacity has been given to them over years of being able to demand yeah. what people don't understand is in a way the same way white privilege works for i guess somebody that sees somebody that feels uncomfortable to pick up the phone yeah and then call and say oh there's a black man doing this this, this. yeah it's a certain level of privilege and audacity that you would have yeah. to feel the need that somebody needs to explain to you yeah now that's not wrong we just need you to have that same audacity keep the audacity and now direct it to, the to this direction because however we want and we say it and we like it there is a part inherent that would never let us to naturally grow to that level mm. of demand like mm. we couldn't necessarily does that make any sense it's it the makes same way a some lot of us sometimes sense. feel like yeah it's like white people you can always never get to check the level yourself. of understanding of the struggle mm. yeah mm. It's, it's almost like based on where we are now we have a certain level of struggle that we understand that we can tell people that you can never get to this understanding. Mm. It's the certain, same way on the flip side, there's a level of audacity request mm. and going hard mm. and achieving and getting what you want. And getting what you want. When you yeah. ask for things. Yeah. That we need on that side that mm. can walk because if, if it's just us, it's, mm. we'll never really get to that. Mm. We, we, you know, we still ask for things we please and say thank you even when it's our rights. Yes. Because it's told us it's not. Yes. You know, yeah, that's so, it's so true. And it, it, it feels 
so I think it does feel this time that people are becoming a bit more audacious and and becoming a bit bolder but then you're right you need the other side you need white people to to support that to really drive it home because on on our yeah. own we won't we won't demand enough yeah yeah because we wouldn't we, we just could yeah. possibly yeah. and also i think even from my perspective of the way i see it i think everybody maybe this is how we should look at it from an artist again we're talking about art so yeah. it's always interesting to bring this up and whatever the truth about race and and color specifically like white black all of this it was always intentional from the from the start mm. Whiteness was created as an ideology, mm. and then a group of people were attached to whiteness. Mm. Same way blackness was created, and a group of people was attached to blackness. Mm. Right? We can start from the basic of understanding color that white and black are not colors; they're mm. concepts of light. Mm. So any color brightened will end up white, and any color darkened will end up black. Mm. Then we can now go into the second layer: the fact that human beings are all brown and beige. Mm. So if you lighten a brown, it will get to the same color as, I guess, a white person. Mm. And if you darken that same color, the exact same color, not a different grade of color, Mm. will get to the darkest human being that you want to get to. Mm. Essentially, the same color with different lighting. Yeah. Now, when you now break it out from that, then you now look at the colors itself. So it would be easy if, if, if they came up to human beings and said, look, John... This white person is an animal. This black person is an animal. You hate them. Blah blah blah. Don't like them. Mm. If you wanted to undo that, all you need to go to do is John. Look at this black person. Does he look like an animal? Does this this this? Mm. And it's easier to undo that. Mm. But the reality is, they first started by creating the colors or white and black, mm. then creating all the negative stereotype, attaching them mm. to the the black and the positive one, like pure is white. Mm bad is black mm. you know you know all that's that when yeah they, once they mastered master this ideology then it takes us to the next step of I, I guess in america for example the power of art is so like okay let's put it this way caricature yeah. without caricature there's probably almost no propaganda in the world yes without the level of um of, of caricature put into some of these things and it's happened everywhere mm. think of it in, in World War II before Nazi and German did mm. anything the first thing they start off is in the newspapers they start drawing these people in weird shapes mm. with longer nose than they need to mm. in inhuman kind of formats mm. to get the brain to adjust to not looking at these people mm. as who they're looking at mm. yeah so not to like look at them as human beings yeah yeah mm. so you can accept because of how art talks in the mind, you can accept looking at the caricature of a black person with extra long northern bums and extra, extra wide lips with red and mm. and not really think of it almost like in cartoon form. Because when you watch cartoon, you don't think this is meant to make sense. Mm. You don't think, oh, this this guy's leg is too long. Or yeah. this. Like cartoon, it, 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 it goes into that part of your consciousness that deals with your dreamy side of like your imagination and your dream mm. it doesn't deal with what your logical brain sees and, mm. and, and takes in yeah if that makes sense it does. So the idea is once once you're able to create this caricatures and attach all of these things to this and then now attach these people to these and then attach the colors to the people mm. what happens is an average person can sit down here and have all these bias based on this caricature mm. associated with you Mm. Or not directly look at you and say you have extra long lips, you mm. have extra long ass, mm. you, you you look this way, you look that way. Mm. Based on they can't see it. But have the exact same feeling as though you did 
based on the caricature because this doesn't address looks or logic it address feelings and emotions yeah yeah essentially i'm saying the power of art has been put into the world to create a men like you know it's been used in that sense in a negative way yeah to kind of create an image and pull and it's so deep down engraved in things that it's not as simple as coming out and saying oh this is this and this is that no and that's why it's a lot harder to undo because it's for more emotional mental i mean i always say this way like Music, for example, another form of art that's used yeah. a lot, and even fine art, those are one of the few things that don't need permission no. to go into your brain and actually occupy residency. Yeah. Yeah, go on, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, in terms of like, using art to then make it better, you know, how you were saying about, you know, before art has been, has almost fed these these prejudices and these these ideas subconsciously can we you know yeah can we it sounds like we can then use it to reverse that and start create you know showing more positive more much more togetherness to to try and heal this and move it forward also i'll show you another layer of like the power of art for example i speak English and other languages like like um, Hausa I'm not so great at it but those are two languages I speak someone can be in China speaks Chinese and maybe Mandarin or another language never no word of English or Hausa we have no communication basically my way of communicating to him in terms of art can be way quicker than going to learn any language for, yes. for the simple reality that if I drew fire if I drew fire on a piece of paper and I showed him that piece of paper of fire. He, he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Mm. He knows that this is hot. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. Mm. And I can take that piece of paper everywhere around the world, mm. regardless what language they speak. All I need to do is this, and they know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm. It shows you how instant and how quicker this communication works. Mm. Versus even if I learned his language, if I learned his language with China telling fire, I could mispronounce it. Yeah, yeah. If I, I could pronounce it exactly, I could pronounce it exactly. Like, for example, if somebody said, oh, those shoes are fire. Yeah. You now have to question what kind of fire are you talking about? Yeah. Fire had it look good or fire? But there's no mistake if I was referring to it through art. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. And that's the kind of things that I'm like, those kind of little powers mm. that art has it so mm. needs to be needs to be explored but needs to be understood like everybody needs to already go oh yeah this is art it does this for me mm. before it can have any sort of power over changing the mind of anybody or anything like any that movement. but that's only using art i yeah. personally am not one of those people that believe art can save the world um i know a lot of people and artists love to do that and be like oh yeah art can save the world mm. i personally believe that art is a reflection of the world mm. it can yeah. tell you where the world is and whatever situation the world is it can make it better mm. it can't save the world mm. oh i love that okay so we have a cu- couple more minutes left yeah what i might do is just, yes, for, yes, people, yes, yes. just for people that are listening this is already good, thank you. And I'm consciously being quiet and yeah, listening no, no, and learning from everything. I enjoyed it so far. Thank yeah. you. Um, the two, just for people who might want to kind of do what you've done and kind of make their livelihood from making and creating, what tips yeah. would you have? Say, three, your top three tips to kind of that they could consider? Yeah, this is going to sound sad because the reality is there was actually nothing when I saw it. Yeah. yeah. Advice I would give people is first of all, they need to be like, 
in terms of what they want to do is like if you want to make a make a like livelihood from a creativity you need to do a based on um research and, and and deciding if you really want to do it so i know you've decided like after deciding this is what you want to do you need to research and decide and when i say research and decide i mean research the reality the fact that look my walk like what kind of walk the person does what kind of walk sells what kind of walk people buy what kind of walk people don't buy what like how you personally and there's no generic way because it's a unique you particularly how you personally fit into the art world and who your audience is mm. that's that kind of research that i mean by research and decide so deciding is an active action of okay i'm going to go towards this people i'm going to go towards that people mm. and like you know deciding who you're particularly going to like which audience you're going to feed into yeah yeah um i think that's important because you could then find yourself in like a little loop of doing the same and the same and not mm. really going anywhere mm. or doing the same and the same and finding yourself like some people do things and they want to naturally progress into bigger spaces but they never left the circle that they're in yes. so if you're around the circle of like people that's where you start and you start selling your paintings or it's hard to tell that same circle that never changed and there's no difference to anything that they should now pay for this same thing 500 pounds later without any difference in anything mm. if that makes any sense mm. if your circle is involving the person that first started with you that gave support would naturally see the growth in terms of who are the other people that have come to join them in this support form that allows them to now start seeing more value in what, you in do. what you're doing so in terms of in terms of, and this is not just in pricing, this is just an opportunity. People come into the exhibitions because my exhibitions are free. Um, I keep all of my exhibitions free. But even with that, you will find in the earlier stages of your thing, you, it's almost like you beg people to come yeah. and enjoy the art. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not for you, but you're begging them. Yeah. And what, what I found is over time, people start going, Oh, I came to support, which is very funny to me. Because are you support that you like if you didn't come did the exhibition go on yes yes <laughs> you gained from this exhibition i gave you something in this exhibition yeah. so how, like do you know what i'm saying yeah. when you say support you it's not like i i like people actually knowing that they're coming to gain from things and actually gaining from it yeah like i've come to enjoy to support their friends yeah 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 so, so um audience? the first thing would be like doing all that and research yeah go on sorry yeah i'm just yeah. so the research. first thing would be yeah researching and deciding this is what you're going to do right the second part because i only have three three major things the second one would be uh then creating your world um around those like the first stage um creating your world in the sense that look everybody has different priorities some people might need to do a part-time job while they walk the arts you need to create your world in the sense that this is what I want from the arts and just figure out what you need to do to get to that. So yeah. it might be sacrifices. It might be like, oh, I'm not going to deal with that's where I did, uh, you know, in my case, where I'm not going to do commissions. Mm. Because I wanted to create a world of people that come specifically to buy the arts that I've created that they like or not. Yeah. You know, it's sacrifices. It's creating your world by like, okay, I want to do this kind of art. So I'm going to do collaboration with this kind of people and, and even allocating specifically what kind of art you do to certain things. So when I say creating your work, in the world I created, my digital art works very well with commercial work. So when people want to do commercial things or, or selling in a commercial gallery or stuff like that, my digital art works mm. because it's good enough, it's fancy enough, it's nice and clean enough that most people can, it sits easy on the eye. Mm. 
my own paintings for their uh, for, uh, for example i channel them to museums and gallery because over time they're huge paintings that people are not just going to buy if your house is not big enough to even hold a certain kind of wall you, you wouldn't want to have house. like my house like for example my house can't hold some of my canvases yeah because it would be the ceiling <laughs> three meters down the, the painting and three meters down the, like do you know what i'm saying so yeah. it needs to be in a place where it's big enough to appreciate and actually gain mm. so i channel that towards this mm. now if i was trying to channel my all paintings towards the people that will buy the digital painting i will go nowhere no. because they're not gonna buy it it's too big it's, mm. you know significantly more expensive than the old paint mm. blah 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 mm. also if i was trying to ch- channel my digital paintings to museums and galleries they don't necessarily give it the same respect as an oil painting on canvas because it's yeah. more traditional yeah. in the way things are done if yeah. that makes sense yeah it so does. and then like the uh, the sculptures that's basically where my workshop come from so most of the workshops I do is with sculptures. sculptures. So the, workshops the... work with the sculptures. Mm. So that essentially just like the, like creating your world based on what you have mm. and what you want to achieve. Mm. It doesn't have to be like my one, but every, it's, it's very tailored. Mm. What you want, what you want to achieve. Mm. Um, so the first part, research and decision of what, what it is. Mm. Second, put those information from the first one into the second, as in now you've done the research and decision. Now... You know who you are, you know what you want, you know what's out there, and you channel that to create your own world. Mm. And the, the the last part, which is probably the weirdest one and I is you know, you can you can always say it, but it doesn't always happen that way. But it's patience, believing yeah. in your timing. Uh, um I believe as an artist, um, above everything, um, your journey gets very interesting. In fact, yeah. people like to propagate this idea of struggling artists and and point is there's different points you probably have a lot of very shaky periods more than you have the definitive great periods as an artist and essentially if there is a lot of faith and patience and belief in the destiny because i'm not saying believe in yourself i'm believing that's a no-brainer uh believe in the destiny of where you're going uh, so for example i'm happy to tell people oh one full of time i was in the studio 24 7 walking there sleeping on the floor sometimes because i didn't have enough time to go home but uh, then i went to the gallery I, I can tell them all of this i can tell them at one particular time i was working three jobs and spending all my nights in the studio trying to paint while i'm why these are not necessarily good stories or good struggles it's okay because of where the destination would be yeah. like i'm okay to, to 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 be broke and not have money and be like, oh, it's because I'm not doing commissions and I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that because I know of the destination. I can then tell people all of the stories of everything that happened to get into the position where it's like, now I'm doing all of this. Mm. And if you're shaky about the destination, that's when you're ashamed of like, that's when the pressure of wanting to look successful more than be successful comes in. That's when you're you're afraid of how you look among your peers. That's when you start looking at what's happening from some of your other friends who've chosen to do a certain kind of art that you didn't necessarily choose to do. Mm. Or even in my case, my audience or who I put as my target audience is people, not the art world. I don't I don't necessarily think of the art world as my main audience. Mm. I think of the regular, regular everyday people as my main audience because mm. in my head they're more than the art world. Yeah. And if everybody so, yeah, that so. in this place was to just like take bits and bits, I would affect more people yeah. by dealing with the wood than dealing with the art wood. Yeah. And yeah. I think just those little having destination of knowing that. So over time, I know that I wouldn't get picked for this award. I wouldn't be put in this thing. I always believe every single time that happens, it's always annoying. It's very frustrating, but, but it's also empowering because you remember that you you're not playing their game. 
like you're like, oh, I never, I'm not waiting for you anyway. I yeah. Don't want to <laughs> yeah. Up and do anything. Exactly. Uh, I'm, oh. You're not the reason why. So kind of with that in mind, I guess, what what is the destiny or what's the destination you have in your head in 10, 20, 30 years time? Like, what's the, uh, what's the goal? 10, 20 years time. Oh, so when I, when I say destination, I'm talking a little further than 10, 20 years time. Yeah. Um, well, I would, I would, so 20, 10, 20 years time, essentially, I would probably be in a position where I'm not just creating my art and doing all the things I've done. I would have had a good few artists that would have come out of the, the, the sacrifices or certain things I've made yeah. in, in that sense. So being it somebody I personally know that I would have helped out a good few of them and getting, got an exhibition and now African art or the contemporary African art is our thing, or it would be a case of, my successes have become testimonies for people to where they've gone there and create the same thing. Oh, so as far nice. as the more immediate future, or 10 to 20 years, of course there are other ventures that I want to be exploring outside the art or using the arts to then do things. Because essentially why I picked art as my personal job of what I want to do is because I realized there's a lot of things in the world I want to do. Um, there's a lot of things I'm good at. And essentially art allows me to do everything. Say, for yes. example, the charity thing, like that I was talking about with the recycling yeah. art. I could be a philanthropist or, or dedicate my life to doing charity stuff and whatever. But I could also be an artist who then creates another form and then does this, which yeah. can now collaborate with this and then give this sort of thing out. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I could, I could, I want to be a teacher at one point. If I gave all my life to the education system and end up getting to a place where I'm teaching, um, whatnot that would be successful and that would be good for it but also through art i could teach everybody every day every time anywhere through the art itself it's uh. essentially being a teacher so it, it's more it's more i found things i could do everything i want to do for through art and essentially it would just be way bigger and in um <laughs> point is i would be in a position where i think some of the conversations in terms of like the power giving back to the art reason why I'm writing the book, yes. you know, collaborations with this, telling important stories, like I've got a documentary that I'm hopefully going to re um, release later in the, maybe not this year, it depends on how the whole thing works, mm. because I feel like this is, this whole uprising may have taken a little bit away from what the topic I wanted to talk about. Yeah. I wanted to specifically talk about stolen art, yes. which by the way, is linked to that thing I was telling you about yeah. that without linking everything together. Yeah. The place that art is not um, appreciated most in the world, in that sense, is Africa. Mm. This is the place where their art was stolen. Mm. And by the way, still right now, was never given back. No. There might be a link between those. Mm. I think there is a link. I think in order to not return the art, because the art was never just art, these were things to kind of represent other things and other mm. spiritualities and all. Mm. In order to get the people not to try and get their, their art power back, they had to tell them autism not important this mm. other thing is important this other thing is important mm. and due to our success colonization is one of the things that they told because when you think of art for an african perspective art is not painting and drawing stuff art is culture mm. way of life mm. essentially if you go to south africa is in the way they dress they mm. have each colors and stuff like if you go to uh, the way of prayer is incantations and sounds and mm. and there is literally an art aspect to everything so by removing hair, that art aspect to things yeah. ultimately our hair yeah. yes <laughs> by removing the art aspect ultimately reduces how much power those particular things happen mm. have i mean and by 
by default, you can see the link between that. Which, by the way, if it was not a big deal, right now, the Britons of the world and the France of the world would have fight so hard not to give back the yeah, art. Yeah, it's so If that makes sense, there's a reason why they fight not to give it back. Yeah. And so, like I said, there's a reason why rich kids grow up in museums, they go to museums every day and mm. all of that. They tell all of us that it's irrelevant to us, but even the ability to just dream and think of, oh, I want to do something, mm. I feel is even linked to that. Mm. Because when you're not creative or when you don't have the ability to just imagine whatever, you deal with based on what you've seen. Yes. So you find people in a deprived area will end up taking jobs that only exist in that deprived area. Mm. They couldn't dare to just be like, oh, I want to create something that doesn't exist. Because, mm. I, I mean, you might, you guys might have experiences, but I personally experience this as a black person where you say, you want to do something, not even as a black person, I believe this applies to even people in, in, in not so rich areas mm. when you say you want to do something the mm. first reaction or the first thing you hear people tell you is who do you know that's done that yes who looks like you that done yes that? definitely no, there are no black or, successful or artists can you, know. can't do it. you can't do th- yeah that yeah i've definitely been told yeah, that. that by no form has has that ever been a factor? Like the guys that the guys that created anything, every inventor in the world, mm. none of them ever thought, "Oh, this person did this, so I'm going to do it." Mm. So it's never been a factor yet. Mm. It's the most. It's probably the most popular thing you hear among people when it gets mm. to, "I want to be this, or I want to mm. be that." Especially when so, you yeah, want to be something that's a bit controversial, quote unquote. Yeah. And, mm. and when we say controversial, what exactly is controversial? Just things that you yeah. see everybody else doing. Exactly. Exactly. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, thank you yeah. so, so much, Danny. So, yeah, to kind of summarize, like, thank you so yeah. much for the time. Like, I've, no, I've since, since we met you first, I've just always been so inspired by your persistence yeah. and your vision and the energy oh, that you bring and the amount of time you spend just making and, and being productive and how you've shaped thank your you. life to make sure you have more time to be creative. It's amazing. And that you use. Yeah. You use your platform and your art for good as well, yeah. which is incredibly inspiring. Yeah, I too. try to. I, uh, try I to. think you really do. Thank you. You, uh, like seeing the kids in the in the workshop you were running. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, they just yeah. they just seem to be Thank having you. so much fun and being really inspired. So kind of. I'm trying to. I'm trying to even do that on a bigger scale because, like, for last year, I did it with not just kids this time. I raise it to like adults and what i found is it, 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 uh, i probably would send a video but actually no the video is on my book everybody got so excited mm-hmm. like i had adults calling other people to come because it was almost like a chance to be a child again. yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. It's and, and i never thought that you know once once people got to like molding paper into it's actually quite empowering because it's like this is paper this is tape you're seeing paper you're seeing tape yeah after a few of these now you're seeing a full-blown thing that basically feels like came from nowhere yeah, 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 yeah. you know you can a whole human being stopped a whole car and yeah. like it's it's quiet it's you know and mm. what it is is like people's reaction to it so it's like not saying we're playing god but you it's almost like you created like you know you've created yeah. something that people are feeling bad for like it's just, happy yeah. it's sad it's the yeah. feeling, you know. the feeling of pride and confidence. I, yeah, I, we, because we only really do classes ourselves for adults. So many people yeah. come to a workshop, haven't done it since they're five, six, seven years old, yeah. and just to make something tangible in the space of an hour or yeah. half an hour or twenty minutes even, um, mm. it never gets yeah. old. Mm-hmm. The feeling of pride, I think, and confidence mm. people get. Mm. Uh, where can yeah. people find out about you? Where is what's the best social channels or websites and stuff so people that are listening can find out a bit more we'll definitely share links and stuff as well 
um, so people can check out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm, so me, I'm quite, I'm quite simple. Um, there are a few things that I want to put in there, but I would say everything is at insanity. Yeah. So my Instagram is probably the most active I am in terms of like paintings or um, exhibitions coming up. Yeah. Sometimes I'm there doing live videos. Um, I would reply quicker to that. Um, as far as inquiries for buying and selling paintings, that yeah. would be in my email, which yeah. is at inxsanixdyart at yeah. yahoo.com. And so insanity is spelled with inxsanixdy. Yeah. Um, True. Insanity. So spelling of insanity just as sunny before the X. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Well, no, time. thank you. This was this was really good. This was really good. I got to like pull out some of these things I've been thinking of. Yeah. You know, sometimes it gets it's lost. always nice to so. yeah to kind of evolve your thinking Absolutely. with a conversation. But anyway, thank you so yes, much. Yes. Yes.